In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is The Camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, the Badgers introduced their new offensive coordinator on Friday morning. Jesse, we got a chance to chat with Bobby Engram, along with his son, Dean Engram, wide receiver Dean Engram. Yes. So he's at wide receiver. We'll get, we'll get into that. We got a chance to hear from him and his dad about, you know, how special that is. But I think a lot of people had a lot of questions about Bobby Ingram and what exactly his role is going to be at Wisconsin. And I don't think we have any uh, clear answers (laughs) after talking with him today. Unfortunately, uh, Paul Christ was not at the uh, announcement, or I should say the introduction of his offensive coordinator, which is a little odd. So we don't know exactly what his role is going to be. We don't know if he's going to be calling plays. It sounds like probably, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's, he said it's going to be a collaborative effort, but I think that would suggest that Paul Chris probably going to have the last say on that and the coaching thing, uh, what position he's going to be at. He said, they still have, they're still talking through it. They have some positions or the, the, the staff, there still needs to be some things that need to solidify within the staff. And I think that certainly leaves open the possibility that there's going to be some some more movement there in terms of guys potentially leaving and uh, him filling in a, at a spot wherever that might be. But I guess overall, we, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, not a whole, a whole lot there uh, from Bobby Ingram in terms of like his role. I think there's some other things we can talk about and get into like, you know, why, why he decided to come back, like what his, you know, what his presence is going to be in recruiting and, you know, what he thinks about coaching Dean and, and the Caleb Williams situation and all that. But just in terms of, what his role is going to be. A lot of unanswered questions still there. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't have more information, but it's also not a surprise given where things stand. Um, That was the first question that I asked. And I said, it's a basic question for you, but what will your responsibilities entail? Will you call the plays and what position group will you coach? And as you mentioned, he, he said that there's still some things to solidify on the staff in terms of what his position group will be. And he said that that is a question for Paul Christ. And as you mentioned, Paul was not at the news conference. So going to be tough to get an answer on that. But again, I do think some of that is predicated on things we're still waiting for. Um, And I mean, just to put it out there, I'm not speculating on what running backs coach Gary Brown's future will be. But what we do know is that he didn't travel with the team for its trip to the Las Vegas Bowl because of an unspecified health issue that was not related to COVID-19. So I don't know whether that means we're waiting on something there or whether there's potential for some other movement, but obviously we're into February now and uh, you would think that they'd have this shored up unless it is something that they're continuing to wait on. Um, so to be determined on, on what Bobby Ingram does, um, I don't know if he'll float around the different positions. He's obviously got a lot of experience. Uh, it's not going to be as a wide receivers coach because we, we did hear Bobby praise Alvis Witted and the job that he will be able to, to, to do with Dean having moved to wide receiver. So still waiting on that. And he did say that the play calling would be a collaborative effort and working together. Um, but we don't know necessarily what that will entail. But again, Paul Christ going to have his hands all over this offense um, and will continue. I just think maybe Bobby comes in and, as he said, brings a fresh perspective and helps with the game planning and helps putting packages in and a plan overall. I think overall him being here is a good thing. I just wish we knew a little bit more about what it's going to look like. 
Yeah. Do you think Paul uh, Chris still having his hands fully involved in this offense is a good thing? I oh, that's a really hard question to answer. I I think probably yes, um, because he's had he, he knows the offense obviously very well, and and I think it, it there needed to be somebody else in there to provide a new voice, but. I don't know, you know, I don't know what it would have looked like if someone came in and was just going to completely revamp and take over the offense. I, I don't think this is a bad situation. Um, it's just really hard to know how to answer that question right now when we're seven months before the first game. And again, don't know what Bobby's stamp is going to be on this. That was not a leading question. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going either way with that. I've been accused of that in the past. Um, <laughs> a little bit by you, a little bit by others, but either way, what happened today was, was nice, but there's the important questions are still out there. And I yep. think, um, you know, Paul Christ having his hands in the offense is still, I think a positive thing. I don't think he's lost, uh, his ability to, to read a defense or to, to make a game plan and put it together and, uh, call plays. I don't think it's, it's been lost, but I think it needs a little bit of a tune. Um, you know, I mean, yes. like it's, it's kind of like a piano needs, needs tuning at times. And, uh, I think, you know, Paul Chris is an offensive mind needs a little bit of tuning and maybe Bobby Ingram provides that. So, uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what all that entails, taking that out of the equation. Cause those are things we don't have answers to. And we, uh, we apologize for that. I don't, Hey, it's don't, not our fault. I, I was going to say, I, I don't I, ask the questions. I, I don't, I was going to say, I don't think that's necessarily our, our fault, but we don't have the answer for you right now. That said. Uh, there were some other interesting aspects that came out of what he said. And I think perhaps most notably, because we the last time we talked, Caleb Williams had not yet made a decision, right? So um, that's correct, right? He had made a decision. It just hadn't been publicly announced. I believe we did a show earlier in the week. And afterward, it, it was announced that he was going to USC. But we learned through a report from ESPN that he had actually enrolled last Friday. So it's funny to me that there was like three or four days of speculation when he was already signed up to go to USC. A lot of clicks. A lot of clicks. A lot of clicks out there. Yes. Um, but he was asked about, you know, what, if any role he had in that recruitment and, and the relationship there. And I think it was, um, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting that he said, look, the relationship there was intact before all this came out. I think a lot of people put the timing of his hire and also Caleb Williams all of a sudden being interested in Wisconsin together and, and kind of ran with it, but that wasn't necessarily the way that it, that it played out. Yeah. He, he said that the timing of it, I think people really linked us together more than what it might've been. And then he went on to talk about what the relationship was as a whole. Certainly it's there because Dean was teammates with Caleb Williams when, when they were at, uh, in high school together at Gonzaga college high in Washington, DC. And um, Bobby Ingram has a relationship with Caleb's dad, Carl, but that that was the most notable sentence in all of it was just that perhaps it was it made sense to link the two because of their previous relationship. I don't know how close anything obviously came to coming to fruition. Um, you know, if it, it, it was reported that there was at least um, a meeting with Wisconsin, that they had a conversation about it. So I think Wisconsin ended up being in it more than I would have initially anticipated. But I also never thought it was going to be any school other than USC. I think I look at it. Um, I think I look at that statement or that quote a little bit differently. Okay. The timing of it, I think pe people really linked us together more than what it might have been. Like, 
as in he was looking, uh, he was getting hired and it was going to be the reason why Caleb was looking at them. Mm. But because he goes on to say later on that uh, I think Wisconsin as a program, you look at it with a portal now, I think you look at any great player that becomes available that's interested in you, you have to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So clearly there was interest there on Caleb Williams' part. So I don't think it necessarily was as, like it wasn't, that was the only reason. I I think he was interested in coming to Wisconsin. I think that there was legitimate interest on his part. Now, did he ever come and visit? No. Do we have a report that, that they met? Yes. So I don't know. I. I don't know about I, linking him and Bobby together in terms of that's why he wanted to come to Wisconsin, I think, is where I guess I disagree with uh, not disagree, but kind of look at it differently than maybe um, him saying that them being linked together as Wisconsin and Caleb Williams, as opposed to Bobby Ingram and Caleb Williams. That's a fair point. It's funny. We're just trying to parse out exactly what he meant and what he <laughs> said. Um, I hope that's not. A theme moving forward, I, I certainly hope will, and, and I expect that we will have more expansive and substantive answers. Um, and some, again, some of these were, were very good comments from Bobby Ingram. It's just, he's, the thing to, to note, like he's still trying to learn everything. He doesn't know what his recruiting area is going to be. Uh, he knows what his approach is going to be, which I'm sure we'll get into. He said he's met with a lot of the guys on the team, but he's been here on campus, what, five or six days? Couldn't possibly have met with all of them. Still watching film to learn what, what it's going to be like. Um, so there's a lot of things that he doesn't know. Um, and I imagine as he learns more information, hopefully we will learn more information when we talk to him in the future. I think it's also worthwhile to note that he was also asked about the potential having to soothe things over with the quarterbacks, uh, mm-hmm. specifically Graham Mertz, a two-year starter who's returning. And he said he has already talked to him. He doesn't expect any issues whatsoever. He's talked to Graham. He talked to Chase, said they're all good. We're all good. Um, they understand the nature of college football and certain things that we cannot control, but they're excited. I'm excited and ready to get to work. Do you think that's accurate? Do you think that there had to be any kind of smoothing over of any issues? Well, I think there certainly had to have been a conversation. If you're a a big time prospect like Graham was, and we've seen how active he can be on social media, like everyone in the world and certainly in that program had to be aware that Caleb Williams and Wisconsin were linked. And Graham's got to be sitting there like, I'm, Hey man, I'm, I've been the starting quarterback for the last two years. I have to imagine there was, some type of conversation. Now, I, I don't, I'm not going to speculate on what Mertz's mindset was because I have no idea, but if you're a coaching staff, um, you've got to make sure that that situation is discussed because as things stand, it's where they stood coming out of the off or coming out of the, the season after the Las Vegas bowl. This is Graham Mertz's show. It's his team. There's nobody else on the roster. As I've said before, that is going to compete for that starting job, at least not based on what I've seen so far. Maybe something will change in spring practice, but you want Graham to be confident in you and you want to be confident in Graham. So I think it was good. They had some type of conversation, whatever it may have been. Yeah. And it'll be again, uh, interesting to see exactly what Graham looks like in, in spring and whether he can take that next step. But again, as you said, it's his team. And I think that is clear. Uh, it was going to be his team unless Kale Williams came. It's, it's going to be his team. And I know that there are people that are probably some that are not uh, overly happy with that. I don't, Hey, I got a question for you. That I meant to sure. ask. I put out the gif of Graham Mertz after the Caleb News, William <laughs> uh, Williams News broke. I put out the gif, right? And you said you got that stored in your. Have you had that what stored in uh, your drafts for a while? Yeah. What does that, what does that mean? It takes. I mean, like, like it literally you had takes, it two seconds. It literally two seconds takes, after the news. <laughs> it literally takes three seconds to type Graham Mertz into the gif search on Twitter. 
You're and, more internet savvy than I am. You know, I apologize if it offended you. I was just having some fun because I think we all knew that Caleb Williams it, wasn't coming to Wisconsin. It, it didn't offend me. I was just wondering what it, what it was. And I, I was thinking about offering you an opportunity to teach you how to use the gift search. Maybe you should. Um, and, uh, and maybe well, I'll get you up to speed by the time spring ball comes around. I got to um, come around to the 21st century, man. Yeah. Either way, uh, Graham Mertz, QB1, as, uh, as expected. So... Uh, other things from uh, what Bobby Ingram talked about, I, I, I think it's uh, uh, maybe underreported, maybe even not, maybe not known, um, especially in the climate that uh, we are with the Brian, uh, Brian Flores situation going on in the NFL. I, Bobby Ingram, the first uh, African-American uh, offensive coordinator in Wisconsin history. Yeah, and he, he talked about what an honor it was and, and said that the slogan at Wisconsin is forever forward and that they're not just it's not just lip service or it's, it's not just a slogan. He said it's real people grasping that and giving him an opportunity and, and them doing something different. Shout out to Colton Bartholomew for bringing that up. Yeah, um, you know, maybe at a certain time down the road, we'll, we'll get to a point where that's not even something that's asked. It's not a question, but, um, you know, in some respects, I suppose, um, you know, Bobby Ingram's being a trailblazer by just coming here, but obviously it, what he's done in the last decade as a coach, um, made him very attractive at Wisconsin and the relationship he has with Paul. I, I, I do sort of feel like if, if it just in general, if Bobby hadn't had those two years with Paul, no matter his success in the NFL, I wonder whether there would have been a, a different approach to the offensive coordinator spot. Cause like I said before, and I wrote a column about this as, as Bobby was hired, in order for this relationship to work, there had to be collaboration and trust. And Paul had to bring in somebody that he knew. I just, I didn't, it felt like because it's sort of been his baby and it's Paul's offense that there had to be someone coming in that he already had a relationship with. That's not to say he hasn't brought in guys at other spots that were from outside the program that he had no relationship with, but look at how many guys that have been on staff and have come through here that Paul has worked with before. How many of the assistants hasn't he had a relationship with? I mean, you could say that. You could say Gary Brown, right? Mm-hmm. You could say Alvis Alvis Witted. You could say Bobby April. Mm-hmm. So that's that's essentially it, right? Like those three. Um, I guess yeah. if you want to go, if you want to go back to Ted Gilmore. Yeah, um, Ted Gilmore was one. Um, um, obviously, but other than that, like for the most part, it it is, and I and people there are there are people that are not fans of that. And I guess I get it from an, to an extent that, you know, it's, but this is a relationship business. And when you know people, you feel comfortable with people, but I also think it's also good to go outside of your, your comfort zone. And I know there's other people that don't like the right. idea that Wisconsin, they, they view this as an inside hire. And I just completely disagree with that because he's, he was with Paul for two years, but he's been in the NFL for eight. He's been with the Harbaugh's much longer than, uh, anybody else. So, I mean, both, I mean, he coached under both Jim and John. He was a, like an offensive analyst or something like that with the court, with the 49ers for a couple of years when Jim was the coach there. And he's been with uh, John for, you know, the last eight. So I, I don't view this as an outs. I don't view this as an inside hire or any kind of a hire, like Paul Chris bringing another one of his cronies, that type of thing. And this is, he's going to bring new ideas. I have no doubt about that. Uh, whether those new ideas result in successful offense that remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. It, they, they had a previous relationship, but as you said, he, what he's developed in his mind of what it takes to be successful 
in this sport uh, goes far beyond just Tim spending two years with Paul. That's great because they know how to work together. And I think that'll be beneficial, especially in, in what his role will be here where they're going to collaborate on things. Um, <laughs> I just keep going back to, I wish I knew what <laughs> exactly this was going to look like. And, and we had some more answers. And, you know, I mean, I, I asked about uh, knowing full well that he hasn't had an opportunity to like, dive into every game and see the offense, but what would he bring to especially the passing offense? Because um, hasn't been great the last two years. And he mostly talked about how it's player driven and identifying what's best for the players. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have expected more specifics, Um, but I do think that ultimately this is, this has the potential to be a good thing for Wisconsin. I mean, the jury's still out on whether it is, you know, we'll see down the road, but this was a move Paul needed to make. And I do think he's bringing someone in with who can lend a different perspective. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You, you mentioned the recruiting aspect of it. He doesn't know where he's going to be at. You would think, you would think just based on where he's been much of his adult life and where he's originally from, what East coast. Yes. Now we spent obviously a bunch of time on the West Coast uh, in the NFL, you know, with Seattle. But I mean, where he's been these last eight years, where he grew up, where you know his his family, uh, where, he, where his family grew up, where his you know where Dean went to high school, and he's originally from South Carolina, so he's got you know connection. You would think connections down there as well. But you would think East Coast would kind of be his spot. But when he does go there, what kind of uh, person do you think that recruits are going to be getting? Well, I think he's going to fit into exactly what Wisconsin does and, and how its coaches operate in recruiting. And he talked about it, that it's going to be an honest approach, an open approach. He wants to tell them what Wisconsin is about. And as Paul Christ says all the time, it's about trying to find the right fit. And one thing that he did say was, um, you know, not all great players are going to be a great fit necessarily uh, for a program. Um, so it's doing the legwork. It's doing the homework on these guys. He talked about communication with them, following up, being persistent, and articulating what Wisconsin is about. So I, I think it's just going to be a continuation of how Wisconsin approaches recruiting. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see who he ultimately goes out and is able to convince to come to Wisconsin because these assistant coaches, while we measure what they do in their position groups, are also measured, and rightfully so, in which players they can bring in. Um, And some have more success than others, and some become kind of go-to recruiters. And I don't know what Bobby Ingram's forte is going to be in that aspect, because he's been out of the game for eight years when it comes to recruiting. So we'll have to wait and see. It's a rather big role, though, right? Considering who, and you may have mentioned this, and I may have missed it, so I apologize. Essentially placing Joe Rudolph. Uh, on the staff as a recruiter, mm-hmm. that's those are pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, I, I, Rudolph was an excellent recruiter. You know, fans can say what they want about the development of the offensive line, um, and that they hope that the group should have been better, could have been better. Um, but as a recruiter, people love Joe Rudolph, and it. But it does come back to the approach that Bobby Ingram talked about. I think it's the same type of thing. There are recruits out there. I think. A lot of the ones who end up coming to Wisconsin, there are a number of reasons they would come here, but the approach that the coaches take, just being real and down to earth. I mean, you can see some of the ridiculousness at some of these other schools where (laughs) right or wrong, like Brian Kelly showing up 
in a video with the on an LSU visit with a guy who wound up going to Alabama. I mean, it just looks sort of silly. Like Wisconsin will shoot these guys straight. And I think that that's something that resonates with players. Um, so I think he'll fit right in in that capacity. Oh, you don't have uh, Paul Christ doing any, trying to le- learn the gritty or anything like that? You don't, you don't envision that happening? Um, I mean, he doesn't even have a social media account. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I just can't see it happening now. You know, who I, you know what I'm still shocked about? They got What's him that? to do the jump around thing for that Big Ten commercial back so 2015. Like all of a sudden, like it's a, it's a commercial and it's for, it's for the Big Ten network, I think. And he's just like, you see his head like bobbing up from the lower part of the screen and <laughs> he goes up and goes up and goes up and he's, it's, it's finally right there. I have no idea how they got him to do that. <laughs> I'd love to know how they got him to do that. Um, I don't even remember that. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, if you haven't, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to go post it on Twitter. Cause it's, I have no idea how they got him to do that. Cause it just seems it is about the most unpaul Chris thing. Like, um, that I, that I can recall now, Maybe behind the scenes, he's. I, I've heard that he's a very funny guy and and all that good stuff. But yes, physical humor. I didn't. I don't see it a lot with Paul Christ. I don't. I don't really see it. But um, it, Bobby also has, you know, through his time at Penn State, probably can walk into a lot of schools in Pennsylvania and be like, "Do you know who I am?" And of course they do. Um, so I think those that connection there probably helps as well. Uh, obviously, Joe was from Pennsylvania. Yeah. So he had, he had those relationships, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see where they put him. I, I certainly think it's going to be out East somewhere. Um, uh, but we'll see the other big thing that came out of this, uh, this week, I guess, since the announcement of Bobby Ingram as the OC is, uh, within that press release <laughs> way down at the bottom so far down, uh, a reporter or two may have missed it. Um, uh, including me, <laughs> Thanks was, for being kind. Was the move of Dean Ingram, uh, the only, I guess, returning starter, if you want to call it that, in the secondary, moving to wide receiver. And he was at the press conference as well with his dad. And, you know, it's, it's interesting uh, because it's, this, this is a, a guy who's going to be directly coaching his son. Bobby's going to be coaching Dean Maybe not directly, directly, but it's an offensive coordinator. Of course, he's going to have something there. I think it's pretty special. I think it's special for them, I should say. And uh, you know, moving Dean to wide receiver though is is quite the decision because you would expect him to be the nickelback again. I mean, he yes, it, it feels like a really good spot for him. I think I saw from Pro Football Focus today uh, that he uh, allowed the lowest pass rating in coverage last season. Uh, it was yes. 49.9, and it said that the tweet said, and Dean Engram is switching to receiver. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting move considering the questions that they have in the secondary. I mean, your top five guys are now gone, and we'll see. I mean, I, I watched some, some film of him in high school uh, just because of the quarterback he was being thrown to by, by <laughs> when it was Caleb Williams. He's a smaller guy. He's five nine maybe and i don't know maybe he can give them something that steven bracy hasn't uh because he hasn't been able to stay healthy but it's an interesting move to say the least yeah because if you make this move uh, this is tough i would say you'd better be sure he's going to contribute at wide receiver but i don't know how they can know that yet they haven't even seen him practice but he did say that it, it was 
ongoing conversations with Paul Christ. It sounds like, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, as I asked him, what did this come about before your dad was hired? That they he had been talking with Paul about this for a while. I don't know what ultimately sparked this change, but I'm with you. He's the number one slot guy, and yes, Wisconsin went hard at the transfer portal at cornerback. They got Cedric Dort Jr. from Kentucky. They got Jay Shaw from UCLA and Justin Clark from Toledo. But all those guys have one year of eligibility remaining, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So, you know, it's sort of like getting those guys as a stopgap to potentially help the younger guys. So it's clear that Hank Poteet felt like there probably wasn't enough in that room to be as successful as he wanted for this season. But with Ingram... Um, he was really darn good and he played a bunch of snaps and now he's coming over to a wide receiver group. That's pretty unproven. So I don't know if they feel like, well, he's got some experience at the high school level. Maybe he can be in the too deep and part of the rotation. I have no idea. It just, it is, as you said, it's a very interesting move when you consider he was definitely a starter on defense and we can't be sure he's going to be a starter or a major contributor on offense at this point. Cause you've got Chimray DK. We think Marcus Allen has the potential to be special, or I, I won't speak for you. Um, Skylar Bell showed something in the bowl game, but but the opportunity is there for Dean. It's just like you can't say this guy's a starter, if that makes sense. It was, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. You go back and watch in high school, though. He was he was a very good two-way player. He was, mm-hmm. he was all conference as DB three times. I think he was an all-conference as a junior at wide receiver, but he also got to play a little bit as a senior. He, I mean, he played wide receiver as a senior as well. That's when he played with Caleb Williams, the, the lone year that he played with Caleb Williams. But uh, I don't know. It, they must really like the young guys that they have at that spot to be able to yeah. give up give up Dean. Or maybe it's just, or maybe it was a promise that they had, that they've had. Like uh, he's wanted to do this for a while. He's been playing DB because that's where, you know, he was he was willing to do it. And, and now, maybe... And now they're going to you know, give him a shot on offense. But if he's the fourth or fifth receiver, it doesn't make any sense. A hundred percent. And that, yeah, that's just, we don't have an answer to that. And obviously they went and got Keontes Lewis from UCLA who played in 11 games, got a fair number of snaps, but really didn't get thrown the ball at UCLA. So does he come in and, and crack the two deep? That's another guy you're competing with. There's a lot of opportunity. I'll say that about about the wide receiver group. It's a lot of young guys and a lot of unproven guys. So maybe Dean can come in and take a spot. But if you look at the cornerbacks right now, Alexander Smith, we've seen him. Samar Melvin, as a freshman, got a couple of starts. And the three transfers that they're bringing in that have experience. I wonder if those that's the group you're going to rely on because you've got a, a bunch of young guys. You're right. They must have high hopes for them, but I don't know how ready they are. You know, Avion Jones, Corey Lyde. Lyde's coming off an ACL injury from his senior season of high school. Those are the two freshmen. I think Ricardo Hallman yep. has a chance, but he didn't play a ton. Al Ashford, the third, was hurt. And Max Lofi. Those yeah. are your corners right now. Right. I mean, it's, it's all guys that have, I mean, you could you can look at and see the positives in them, but they don't have the experience, especially the young guys. Now, you know, the transfers they brought in, all have a ton of experience. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's at least you have that, but I, you would think if they don't find the guys that they potentially want, it just doesn't make sense for Dean Ingram to be sitting on the bench as your, as your fourth or fifth or sixth wide receiver. If he's not able to break through than being your top nickel guy. 
unless they feel like there's somebody better than him. And in which case, okay, <laughs> then, then you, then you have to be feeling good about the defensive back room. But I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if it somehow ended up, he was back at DB in the fall. Uh, if this doesn't, if this doesn't, you know, end up him playing a huge, huge role on offense, not even a huge role, just playing a role on offense, a consistent role on offense. Cause that just doesn't make sense. Now I know that he's, he's also still going to be returning punts. So he's got, he'll, he'll certainly have that role as well. Uh, they did add another wide receiver uh, as we get away from uh, what we learned, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about in regards to the Bobby Ingram or Dean Ingram. I think we pretty much covered it. It's amazing to me. We uh, talked for this long about it because yeah. I, yeah, struggling right. to sift through this. Yeah. Um, but they did add, to the wide receiver room in their 2022 class again. Now they've got three guys coming in. The latest, Chris Brooks Jr., uh, tr- moved on from Yale, signed with the Badgers on Wednesday. Yeah, I just wrote a story about this, kind of an interesting story, a very under-the-radar guy. It seems like Wisconsin winds up with a lot of people like this. But as you said, Chris Brooks Jr., he was committed to Yale, so extremely intelligent, and he said he felt like he was content there. If that was the end of it, he would have been fine. You get to go to Yale. For crying out loud, you get to you get to continue your football career. But the other thing to remember or, or consider about this kid, he was a varsity player from his freshman season at St. Louis University High School. He played in seven games through three years. He played in a couple games before he had an ankle injury as a freshman. He played in one game as a sophomore and he had a knee injury. And then his junior year was the COVID year. They wound up playing four games for the whole season. So he never really got an opportunity to show how good he could be. He was pretty good in four games as a junior. He earned first team all conference, but he felt like he could be one of the best wide receivers in Missouri. And I think he really went out his senior year and showed that he caught 49 passes for 959 yards with nine touchdowns. And then he ran for 12 touchdowns. And so he had 21 touchdowns. His high school coach said those were all in the last eight games. He didn't have any of the first couple games. So no one still really looked at him. Wisconsin didn't even offer him until late December, uh, like six or seven weeks after his last regular season game. He ended up taking a visit uh, over, over last weekend, and he, he flipped his commitment and, and picked Wisconsin. I think this is a sign that Alvis Witted continues to look at kind of bigger-bodied guys as he tries to reshape this room. I think Brooks is listed about 6'2", 210 or something like that, 200. And he's got a, a good pedigree, too, because his dad, Chris Brooks Sr., was a wide receiver at Nebraska who was in the NFL for a couple of seasons. Um, and then there's a kind of an interesting connection with Wisconsin because Chris Brooks Sr.'s uh, receivers coach at Nebraska was Ted Gilmore. So when Chris Jr. was growing up, they kind of followed Wisconsin. Like they went to the 2016 Big Ten Championship game with, between Wisconsin and Penn State just to support Ted Gilmore. Uh, obviously, in order for him to get an offer from Wisconsin, it had to be on its own merit because Gilmore wasn't here anymore. But one of those late finds who could end up being a good player for Wisconsin. We'll have to wait and see. I think I give Al- Alvis Witted credit for reshaping the group, though, overall. We mentioned Dean Ingram moving over to receiver, but he went and got a transfer from UCLA with Keontes Lewis. And now he's bringing in three freshman receivers in this class. Um, Tommy McIntosh, Vinnie Anthony, and Chris Brooks Jr. So this wide receiver room is going to look way different this coming season because Jim Radike is the only guy on the roster that's caught more than three college passes. Yeah. And uh, AJ Abbott, no longer with the program. He's in the transfer portal. 
That is um, another newsworthy item. <laughs> not exactly unexpected. He was not at the bowl game. He did not travel with the team, so um, he had fallen off. So uh, he's gone. That 2018 recruiting class at wide receiver that we thought potentially could be uh, be pretty good, two of the guys didn't make it. Uh, I should say none of the guys are still around. Uh, A.J. Abbott and Taj Mustafa, and then also Aaron Crookshank, who would have been obviously uh, uh, an important piece uh, and ends up and, and was at his time here. I don't think that's a miss by them. They just, you know, he wanted to go back home and he made an impact at, at Rutgers as a return guy and a little bit of his wide receiver before then uh, tearing his knee up against Wisconsin. So yeah, that 2018 recruiting class in terms of wide receivers, not ideal, not ideal, but that's the case with Wisconsin, right? Like you write big stories about them and they all end up not uh, transforming the Wisconsin <laughs> passing game. Uh, I, I'm just writing who they were as high school players. I'm never <laughs> saying they're going to be an NFL player, first team all Big Ten. But uh, everyone, that's that's it's like spring training with with recruits. That hope springs eternal. Yeah. So you, you mentioned some of those transfers. They also they announced they officially announced the transfers this year, um, or I should say uh, this week. The three cornerbacks, right? The wide receiver and Keontes Lewis, the, the kicker and Vito. Vito, how do you pronounce the last Cal- name? Calvaruso. Calvaruso. Mm-hmm. And then also a safety from Middleton, who was a quarterback at NIU and is now moving to safety. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. That kind of came out of left field. What's his uh, name? Bryce Carey. Bryce Carey. I'm so a middle, I, I, hey, look, I'm a Middleton guy. I, uh, that's, that's where I went. So I, I, re, I, respect, I respect Middleton players. I've never heard of Bryce Carey. So that's on me. that's <laughs> well, that's on me. That's on me. You know, because I'm staring at his NIU bio, I can tell you that he was a second team all conference pick as a junior as a, and a senior as a quarterback. Completed I, I, 60% of his passes and ran for 631 yards in 10 games. I have <laughs> not been to a Middleton football game despite living across the street from them for the past mm, 6 years. I have not been to a Wisconsin, uh, Middleton football game since 2001. So that explains, my, but I'm, hey, love Middleton, love, go cards. But uh, yeah, that's on me for not knowing, not knowing uh, who he was, despite his, his clear pedigree. There you go. Well, his dad, Tom, played football at Wisconsin from 1983 to 85. Legacy. So legacy it recruit. all comes back around. A legacy recruit. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So I think that is pretty much what we, what we have for today, unless you have anything else that you wanted to touch on. I think we pretty much covered it today, Zach. I, uh, I don't know if we're going to have an opportunity to talk to any coaches until spring practice begins, and <laughs> it'll be April, but we'll find stuff to talk about because things always happen with a football program. They always do, and, and we'll see. Before we move on, do you think the Caleb Williams thing was a one-off? Like, do I think they're going to continue to look for a quarterback in the transfer portal? Yes. Um, or was it was this for just this a, upcoming season or yeah, when w- w- was this just a situation where he entered like he showed interest in them and you know oh my god it's it's one of the best quarterbacks in the country we're gonna you know we're we're gonna pursue this as well or was it a situation where they were out looking for quarterbacks? Well, I think it was certainly a unique situation with Williams. Like a guy that talented shows any interest whatsoever in you. He's basically the number one available player in the transfer portal and there's some type of relationship there, you absolutely do it. I don't know how much they're going to go looking for a quarterback. You know, I, I, I don't think there's going to be any movement from this point going into the season. Um, you always look, 
that's your job to, to get better. But I think Graham should have, and will have the opportunity this season to, to see how much better he can get, but that doesn't mean there won't be someone else that enters that is intriguing next season. But I feel like they're done right now in terms of quarterback uh, for this upcoming season. I kind of feel like there's going to be some movement after spring ball. Maybe not be right. You could be right. It just that, that may change their, their mind, whether it's a guy leaving somewhere else or somebody leaving Wisconsin. Like it's, I think that there may be, there may be more movement. I certainly think there's going to be more movement in the portal after spring ball for other positions. There will be movement guys after competing in spring ball, not getting jobs, maybe not getting enough time in spring ball. And then, uh, you know, moving on to somewhere else in the same way, you know, guys coming in and looking for opportunities. I think there certainly will be more movement. Um, I don't know about quarterback, but yeah, I, I do think that there will be movement. We'll see. Uh, Jesse, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Zach. All right, there he is. Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to The Camp.